Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember what it felt like to play hide-and-seek as a little boy or girl? Your, your friend starts counting and there's this, this thrill that goes through your insides as you look here and there for a place to hide. And if you're in a group of kids, you find that all of the really good hiding places are taken already. And the count is getting close, but nope, there's someone hiding behind the drapes already. And, and now you panic because the one counting is somehow already finishing the count. And you yell, I'm not ready, count some more. And they count 20 more as you scramble under your bed and you find that toy that you thought was lost. And, and then you hear, ready or not, here I come. Do you know that feeling of mild panic? In our gospel reading for this day, there is a feeling of panic. Jesus' parable leaves us with a stern warning, which is applicable to us today as we approach the end of the church year. The parable leaves us with the idea that there is no more time to get ready. It's not necessarily a very merciful scene. It ends with the door being shut and Jesus saying, I don't know you. It's a pretty sobering parable. The picture that Jesus paints for us here in Matthew is of an impending marriage. Everything for the wedding is ready. The bride is waiting for the bridegroom. He and the young unmarried women of the town will come in a joyous crowd and collect her and they'll all enter into the wedding ceremony and the feast together. And the parable centers on the ten young women, the virgins in the story. They are waiting for the bridegroom. It's evening and so they've all brought along their little oil lamps. Half of these young women are called foolish and half are said to be wise. The foolish ones have only brought what oil is in their lamp. Those called wise have brought extra flasks of oil. And notice that they, they all fall asleep. We, we might look at verse 13 at the end of our reading, watch therefore, and, and think that this falling asleep is the issue, but it's not. They all fall asleep, and the bridegroom is a long time in coming. And then comes the cry. He's here. The bridegroom has come. Come out to meet him. And they all trim their lamps and get up. And now suddenly the foolish ones are revealed. Their wicks are going out because they, they didn't think to bring any extra oil with them. And in a panic, they turn to those who have oil and they say, Come on, share with us. But they reply, Go to the sellers of oil and buy some. As listeners to the story, we understand that they can't go at this hour and buy oil. What merchant is going to be open at this time of night? I mean, today we'd run out to our 24-hour supermarket and pick up what we need, but not these young women. And they, for some reason, go. They go searching for their oil. Meanwhile, the bridegroom comes, and those who have oil, those who are ready, go out to meet him. They go into the wedding feast, and then the door is shut. What happens to the virgins who were not ready? 
Notice that Jesus doesn't say anything about them finding any oil, but they come back to the feast and they say, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answers, truly I say to you, I do not know you. And there's been a subtle shift here in the telling of the parable. Truly I say to you, sounds very familiar. Jesus is the only one who speaks this way. We're now out of the parable and into reality because, of course, that's what the parable is about. It's about reality. And the reality is that there will come a day when the door is shut for everyone. Judgment is coming to the earth and there is a thunderous finality to it. The shutting of the door is sobering. I do not know you, Jesus says to the virgins who have no oil. The day of judgment is coming, and on that day, some will be on the inside at the marriage feast of the Lamb, and and some will be shut out in the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For those outside, it will be a day of darkness and gloom, as the prophet Amos says. No one knows when the bridegroom will come for them. There's Jesus' parable of the rich young fool who had such a bumper crop that he didn't know what to do with it all. And Instead of feeding the poor or doing something useful with it, he said, I'll build bigger barns, and this crop will keep me in luxury for many years. But God said, You fool, this night your soul is required of you. Every minute that you and I live is a minute of grace from God. No one knows the day or the hour when our life on this earth will end, when the door will be shut and we will find ourselves feasting or cast into the outer darkness. And this is Jesus' warning to us. He says, watch, in verse 13. And that that word, watch, gregoreo, is the Greek for it. And and that word has the connotation of being in readiness. Watch, therefore. Be ready, therefore. The virgins who found themselves outside the door weren't really ready. They weren't really watching for the bridegroom to come. Perhaps they didn't really believe he would. In the Jewish culture, it would not have been surprising at all for the bridegroom to be delayed as he was in the parable. These five were not ready. They brought no oil. It's like they were going through the motions, but not really serious about waiting and watching for the bridegroom. They weren't prepared, and their lack of oil reveals this. Some try to make a big deal out of the oil. They they might say, for example, that the oil represents our goodness, that you need to be a decent person. You need to give to the church or help your neighbor in need. You need to do your best to be a good person. If you're sincere and try very hard not to hurt anyone, the bridegroom will welcome you into the marriage feast. But we say with Paul that by works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight. And we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. 
How then are we prepared for the bridegroom to come? Will you be in the festal crowd singing praise to the bridegroom? Or will you be outside knocking? Paul writes his letter to the Christian church in Thessalonica. Some there were apparently concerned that some believers had died before Christ's return, before the bridegroom came back. And Paul gives us encouraging words. He says, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And this here now is a real picture of the coming of the bridegroom and of judgment day. But it's not a day of darkness and gloom for everyone. Paul says, And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ, and then we who are also in Christ. Those who are prepared, who are ready for the bridegroom, are those who are in Christ those who are in the faith, those who have true and living faith. And what is faith? What, what does that look like? Maybe picture yourself standing before a, a huge mirror. And it's a very high-definition mirror where you can see every blemish, not just the blemishes in our looks, but the blemishes in our hearts. This mirror, which is the law, points out each and every sin. Sins of commission and sins of omission. Sins we've committed and our sin of failing to do what we should. And we might be tempted to ignore some of those blemishes. Our excuses sound like, I can't help it. It isn't my fault. I'm not strong enough. God will understand. You can't blame me for that. And I'm only human. But these are not faith. These are idolatry. Us excusing ourselves as though we are in the place of God, sitting in his judgment seat. Faith looks into the mirror and admits, I am a sinner. And faith recognizes that these sins hold for us a death penalty. Faith brings us to repentance. Faith clings to the cross of Christ. Faith looks and sees the Lamb slain for us. And the Lamb says, My blood covers you, covers all your blemishes, every imperfection. When you lied, I paid for that. When you lusted, I paid for that. When you envied your sister, when you coveted your neighbor's blessings, I died for that. When you hated your brother and murdered him in your heart, I paid for that. My blood covers your idolatry. My blood makes you clean perfect, white as snow. Martin Luther said, Faith is a living, bold trust in God's grace. 
so certain of God's favor that it would risk death a thousand times trusting in it. If you admit to yourself and to God that you are a sinner, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God made man who took your sins upon himself and put them to death on the cross, if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and that he is returning soon to take you to himself, then you are ready. You are prepared. You are watching for Christ's return. We are weak people, saints and sinners who struggle with the sinful flesh. This is why Jesus instituted baptism, so he could give us the gifts of faith and the Holy Spirit. This is why he instituted the church, where we can confess our sins and receive the absolution of God from our pastor, where we can hear his holy word read and expounded to us. And this is why we gather each Lord's Day to encourage one another in that faith and to share the body and blood of the Lamb together in the blessed meal for the forgiveness of our sins and so that our faith might be strengthened and burn brightly. Are you ready or not? If you are a sinner who puts your trust in the merits of Jesus Christ alone, then there's no need to panic because by the grace of God and the redemption found in Christ, you are ready and you can sleep in peace because when the bridegroom comes, he'll say, I know you and he'll put his arm around you and lead you into the wedding feast. In Jesus' name, amen.